people of the world. Hello and welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language, everything you've ever wanted, all in one show. Facebook today will start surfacing some public group discussions in people's news feeds and search results. Public group discussions? Certainly not. Twitter says it removed 130 accounts linked to Iran disrupting debate conversations. We haven't heard a ton about uh, other governments messing with our elections so far, but uh, there we go, Iran. Senate committee vote to subpoena Facebook, Google, and Twitter CEOs. Oh, goodness. I'm not sure I would want their jobs. Move over, Instagram influencers. The magic of TikTok is authenticity. We'll dive into that. Send in blue. Sounds a lot like Send It Rising. Raises $160 million to automate repetitive marketing tasks. And last but not least, five social media mistakes marketers must avoid or death. Did you know that the show begins in three, two, Oh yeah, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You know the drill. Come join us for the live show. Leave a comment. Let me know you are here. Hit the like button. All links to all descriptions of all articles we cover on the show uh, are right there. Twitter says it removed 130 accounts linked to Iran disrupting debate conversations. This is from thehill.com. Twitter removed approximately 130 accounts linked to Iran that were attempting to disrupt the public conversation. Not like it needed any additional disruption. During the first presidential debate, the company said on Wednesday, the social media network said it removed the accounts based on intel provided by the FBI. Wow. We identified these accounts quickly, removed them from Twitter, and shared full details with our peers as standard, the company tweeted. Twitter said the posts from the removed accounts had, quote, very low engagement and did not make an impact on the public conversation. Again, um, if you like many individuals saw the dumpster fires that were the debate uh, just a couple days ago, then uh, you would know firsthand that uh, foreign engagement wouldn't really, wouldn't really do much because they were so bad, no one really had to intervene. Twitter tweets, we identified these accounts quickly, removed them from Twitter, and shared full details with our peers. It's funny to me that these uh, Iranian accounts uh, got no shares, got no love. I wonder if the, uh, the team in Iran that's doing this you know, is sad that they're not getting engagement. They're like, why are we not getting engagement? We're trying so hard. Uh, just like a small business, desperately trying to um, get a retweet or some love on social. Uh, Senate committee votes to subpoena Facebook, Google, and Twitter CEOs. This is from Engadget.com. Chris Holtz, the author. Members plan to grill Zuckerberg, Pachai, and Dorsey over Section 230 protections. What are those? The Senate Commerce Committee has voted unanimously to subpoena the CEOs of Facebook, Google, and Twitter. The members plan to compel Mark Zuckerberg, Senator Pichai, and Jack Dorsey to testify about Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. That provision grants a high degree of liability protection to websites and online services from what their users post. So basically... Uh, I can be protected 
as the owner of a website because I didn't post it. It wasn't me. Is that a good legal argument? <laughs> I didn't do it. Some other anonymous dude did it. I'm not responsible. The committee's ranking Democrat member, Senator Maria Cantwell, opposed the subpoena at first. She relented after Republican members added points about privacy and alleged media domination to the subpoena, according to CNBC. However, Cantwell expressed concern about a potential chilling effect on those battling hate speech and COVID-19 misinformation. Senate Republicans are amplifying their scrutiny of social media companies reportedly at the behest of the White House ahead of November's presidential election. It is interesting to me that uh, the major social media program, or social media sites, your Facebooks, um, Twitter, etc., they're starting to get lumped into categories that are either pro-liberal, pro-conservative, and uh, largely based on demographic. Facebook I find interesting because uh, there definitely are echo chambers on both sides, to be sure. If you took a look at the TikTok or Snapchat demographic, because it leans so young, it's going to lean to the left. And so what are we left with? Well, we're, we're left with uh, our representation and government attempting to make policy decisions based on privacy and obviously their, uh, their own ideas, but also with this undercurrent of how it'll affect votes. So they want to attack um, social media websites that are unfavorable to them. Senate Republicans are amplifying their scrutiny, reportedly on the behest of the White House ahead of November's presidential election. Politico notes that today's markup of a bill that addresses alleged anti-conservative bias on social media also targets the Section 230 provision. President Donald Trump took umbrage with Twitter and Facebook applying warning labels to posts of his that contain misinformation about voting and COVID-19. Obviously, there is a back and forth between uh, Trump and Twitter. Uh, soon after, Twitter slapped a fact-checking label on his tweets for the first time over false information about mail-in voting. He signed an executive order that targeted Section 230 protections. The Department of Justice has also asked Congress to modify the provision. So there you go. Good stuff. The world is not coming to a complete and total collapse quite yet. But uh, the fight rages on. What do I really think about these major companies being subpoenaed over Section 230, Communications Decency Act? I don't know. If I own a website, it is kind of ridiculous for me to have to be liable for the words that people are saying on my website, especially as the site gets larger. Um, so really, diving into Section 230 would uh, be required to come up with an opinion on this that isn't kind of a knee-jerk uh, reaction. So let's dive in a little bit further here to an Engadget.com article. What happens if the Internet's most important law disappears? Wave goodbye to the comment section of the Internet. Buried deep in the 1996 Telecommunications Act is a tiny clause that underpins everything we do online. It's often described as the 26 words that created the Internet, and with very good reason. Every email you send, social media you post, uh, you make and review, you submit, excuse me, you do so under this law's protection after a fashion, whatever that means, and now it's under threat. Both Republicans and Democrats are suggesting that the protections this clause offers are too broad to be sustainable. The current administration already weakened it, carving out exceptions for adult content under the auspices of FOSTA and SESTA, 
Republican Senator Ted Cruz has either misspoken or misrepresented the law to encourage its removal, according to this article. So I guess we're just right back to the, uh, the question of where's the gray area? If I own a website and somebody threatens to kill someone on my site, am I liable for that in any uh, way, shape, or form? Um, as they mentioned here, adult content, pornography, that sort of thing, obviously crosses the line. Um, and so really, you would have to be a lawyer to fully understand this. Um, just from an ideological standpoint, I think it's obvious that we want to offer certain protections to website owners because being able to police all the comments at all times and not get caught ever um, with someone posting. Because look, I mean, the, really the comments I get on my YouTube channel are almost always like random, you know, links to adult content and it's spam, obviously. And uh, I should not be held liable for that because these people are making my life worse. I have to go through and delete these comments. Very annoying. And so um, that being said, um, if a social media company is willfully allowing uh, the proliferation of violence, I think that's what you're looking at with Facebook um, and the hashtag stop hate for profit uh, movement is they're saying, you know what, that's, uh, that's not going to be okay. And so as in all things with human relationships, there is a broad gray area where we're going to uh, struggle to disagree. Facebook will start surfacing some public group discussions in people's news feeds and search results. This is from TheVerge.com. The company is pushing people to join groups by Ashley Carmen. Facebook is expanding the reach of public groups today with new features that could lead to more people engaging in group discussions, but also potentially more visibility for dangerous and or nefarious communities. The company announced multiple updates today for groups that include automating moderation and covering people's news feeds with group discussions. The most intriguing update is starting out as a test at first. Facebook says it'll start surfacing public group discussions in people's news feeds. These can show up if someone shares a link or reshares a post beneath that link. People will be able to click to see relevant discussions that are taking place about that same post or link in public Facebook groups. The original poster can then join the discussion. So obviously Google has a huge, excuse me, Facebook has a huge incentive to increase time on site. And I bet their metrics are clearly indicating that if someone joins a group discussion, that that is precisely what happens. And so Facebook is going to push group discussion um, to the fore so they can sell us more advertising. This should come as a shock to no one. Um, are you in a Facebook group? I've never really joined a lot of Facebook groups. Um, maybe that's just me. Have you enjoyed them? Have they been decent for you? Facebook has already said it'll continue limiting content from militia groups and other organizations linked to violence. But the company has struggled to define the boundaries of offending content, including posts from a self-described militia group in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where a 17-year-old militia supporter killed two people during a night of protests. The company also recently deactivated 200 accounts linked to hate groups. So, moderators' jobs are becoming more important at Facebook. They're the main gatekeepers for content. So, do we think that this is going to change the world? Not really. Um, does Google 
Facebook, excuse me, have an incentive to do this. They obviously do. Um, groups and search results. Interesting. I think it would be interesting if Facebook and Google played a little bit more nicely with one another. Uh, I really don't see Facebook results ever appear in Google, but it would be a different kind of Google if uh, if you were to search and then receive post content. So they it really goes to show that they are two wildly different uh, entities. It's almost as if Facebook has gotten us to create a bunch of content for them on our profiles. It's free content, free labor. That's getting Zuckerberged, according to me, is when you work for free. But uh, the truth, I think, is also that uh, Google has uh, has Googled us, which is to say our websites are, are really only as relevant as they are searchable on Google, which is to say the vast majority of people that get to your website are not getting there because you handed them a business card. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So in a way, Google has also manipulated us and gotten us to work for them. Uh, because the more content we create on the internet, the more money they make. The more people that are, you know, um, searching for a personal injury attorney and all this exhaustive work we put into creating websites and blogs and social media and blah, 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 that goes into ranking. I mean, it's all kind of working for Google. So it's not surprising to me that um, there are some people in Congress that are getting a little cranky about the possibility of there being uh, monopolies here cnet.com move over instagram influencers the magic of tiktok is authenticity oh good despite an uncertain future in the u.s the social video app could have lasting implications for what we want from social media with people spending more time at home during the coronavirus pandemic there's been a noticeable shift in the kinds of content posted online these days, you won't see many photos of sunny Hawaiian vacations or over-the-top parties. Instead, platforms like TikTok have flooded social media feeds with pajama-clad, makeup-free creators trying to stay entertained by posting everything from simple skits to rants to candid moments. Another trend has picked up steam on TikTok, mocking Instagram influencers for what many perceive as superficial content focused on product promotions and super polished looks. I love that. Countless creators on TikTok have posted videos pretending to be an influencer, starting off with the use, the YouTube and Instagram influencer catchphrase a lot of you guys have been asking about, dot, 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 before jumping into mock routines for simple practices like applying hand sanitizer. Erica Priscilla, a 27-year-old TikTok creator from New Jersey, particularly, excuse me, regularly impersonates influencers by posting fake tutorials for basic tasks like putting hair in a bun and sharing updates about secret projects with over-the-top excitement. She posted her first parody video in late spring mocking the influencer catchphrase and it instantly went viral. She now has more than 260,000 followers on TikTok. Good for her. There's a huge audience that watches these videos of these influencers and thinks the same thing. Priscilla said, I'm just the person that's saying what everyone's thinking. So it's, it is interesting to me that uh, it's almost like Facebook, Google, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, they, Pinterest, they all represent aspects of our personality, you could say. And uh, it's funny that the cool new kid turns into the brunt of the joke eventually and always, you know. I, mean, I remember when Instagram was like the hottest new thing, right? And now you've got these Instagram influencers who are like 28 
you know, 29, they're getting a little older. And uh, you got these TikTokers coming in being like, you stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? It's so dumb, you know? Um, and the Instagram, our Instagrammers are going, when did I get old? <laughs> when did that happen? Oh, man. And then you got Facebook, you know, with the the largest swell of like grandparents joining it, you know, it's just old. You got Zuckerberg testifying in front of Congress, you know, in front of all these like 75 year olds. It's just funny to me. So, you know, it, it does seem as though TikTok is going to be the new, the newest, um, what would you call it? Sibling in this family. If, uh, if social media companies could be considered like a big family of various ages or like a community. I, I it I'm starting to think that they're gonna they're gonna be here to stay. It's just like the the amount of press they're getting is just unprecedented, so much. And I and I know just like we saw with uh, Trump getting elected, nobody could stop talking about him. Just could not stop talking about this guy, and he got so much free press and he got elected. I felt like TikTok is getting like the Trump bump. You know what I mean? He like he can't stop talking about him, trying to ban him, trying to this, trying to that, and they're just getting so much coverage. Um, and so it's just great free press for them. So it feels like it would be tough to uh, see the demise of TikTok. Could be wrong, but I'm starting to change my opinion on them. I'm starting to think that they might be here to stay. Send in Blue raises 160 million bucks to automate repetitive marketing tasks. All right. I've been waiting for auto-generated content for quite a while, but that's probably not what this is. Kyle Wiggers is the author of this one. VentureBeat.com. Marketing automation startup Send in Blue today announced a $160 million funding round. Company spokesperson says the money will be put toward accelerating go-to-market efforts as it adapts to growth during the pandemic. Lockdowns and shelter-in-place orders aimed at beating back the novel coronavirus have forced marketers to fully embrace digital. That's for sure. According to a report published by the CMO survey, some 60.8% of respondents indicated they've shifted resources to building customer-facing digital interfaces and 56.2% transformed uh, percent, of course, their businesses to focus on digital opportunities. I feel very fortunate um, to own a digital advertising agency in this day and age, and we're also very lucky that we didn't focus on casino and restaurants, um, which just happened to be a fluke. Moreover, marketers reported customers increased openness to digital offerings introduced during the pandemic and said they were likely to see greater value in digital experiences. Send in Blue was co-founded by Polytechnique graduate Armand Fiberge in 2012, um, and it competes with companies like MailChimp and offers solutions aimed at expediting common marketing tasks. Initially focused on email, the company pivoted to address to address businesses increased demand for online acquisition and loyalty tools. I don't know. A lot of these tools are way overpriced and they really just focus on like the fortune thousand fortune 2000. That's what it feels like to me. Anyway, send in blues platform provides a range of email, SMS and chat messaging tools, as well as integrations with existing customer relationship management systems via transactional email and segmentation, blah, blah, blah. I'm not that impressed. They've got landing page templates. That's interesting. And uh, this article feels largely like an ad for Send in Blue. 
Five social media mistakes marketers must avoid to cap out the show today. This is from browsermedia.agency. Blanket sharing on each platform. Treating each social media platform in the same way is a common mistake that many brands make. I suppose that's true. Incomplete profiles, that's a no-brainer. Neglecting the importance of engagement. As I've said many times before, if you're a plumber with 200 uh, followers on Facebook, you really don't have any engagement. And if you're starting to get engagement and you neglect it, well, then you don't understand marketing very well, do you? Only sharing internal content. Uh, linking back to the previous point, a common mistake a lot of most social media marketers make is solely to share their own content. That is true. I would, I would say that is, uh, that's a good point. While, of course, it's important to drive users back to your site, you want to grow your account, you need to be sharing external content. So it's a good takeaway there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is the news of the day? Well, we got, uh, we got Twitter saying that it removed 130 accounts linked to Iran, disrupting the debate conversations, but uh, turns out nobody cared. <laughs> it didn't really matter. So do we have foreign inventions? In, do we have foreign intervention in our election this time? Yeah, a little bit, uh, according to this article. I'd have to dig into uh, Russia to see what they're up to. Senate committee votes to subpoena Facebook, Google, and Twitter CEOs about whether or not they should be liable for what people post on their website. That will be an ongoing battle. What happens if the Internet's most important law disappears? Well, I suppose uh, people might be... Uh, might be subject to well or facebook might be subject to lawsuits for allowing certain content on their website we'll see facebook will start servicing some public group discussions in people's news feeds facebook trying to get people into groups and stay on the platform um tiktokers making fun of instagram influencers i love it just goes to show uh, you get it old eventually apparently there's something called send in blue that raised a bunch of money if you uh, are looking for marketing automation uh, by and large, um, you're looking for something like, um, what do you call it? Like we use something called eClincher, uh, but there's something that's a bit more popular. They're basically social media scheduling platforms. That's what most people need. Um, if you really need help with like design and that sort of thing, it seems like you're doing a little bit of DIY doing it yourself. It just depends how much it costs. A lot of these things are, are far too expensive in my opinion. Um, and last but not least, uh, social media mistakes. The only one that really struck me was the uh, only sharing internal content. Good to share external content as well. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for swinging by the show today. Much appreciated. Thanks for hitting the like button. And uh, we'll see you all for the next episode, which is uh, exactly when you thought it would be. Tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thanks to everyone on the podcast listening, downloading that. And uh, for the folks that watch us after the fact on YouTube, much appreciated. Please do me a favor. Do hit that like button. It really helps my company grow. And so we very much appreciate it. Everyone at Sender Rising. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later.